They say that there are a lot of differences between Hong Kong and some of the African cities I had recently left behind. Different people, different cultures, different buildings, even different food. Of course, there are a lot of similarities, too. Same lack of consideration for those who are bold enough to tinker with the laws of statistical probability. Same steel bars in the local jail. Same concrete walls and floors. Same uncomfortable cots. Same awful food. Truth to tell, I'd had a lot more time to consider the similarities than the differences. I'd gotten right off the boat from Portuguese East Africa, checked into the Lakquak Hotel, which thoughtfully rented its rooms by the hour, the night, or the week, spent the next hour in a local restaurant trying to down a bowl of soup with a pair of chopsticks, and then, realizing that my funds needed replenishing, I got involved in a friendly little game of chance involving two cubes of ivory with spots painted on them. It was when a third cube slipped out of my sleeve that I was invited to inspect the premises of the local jail. That had been five days ago, and I had spent the intervening time alternately trying not to mind the smell of dead fish, which is what all of Hong Kong smelled like back in 1926, and gaining some comfort by reading my well-worn copy of The Good Book, which I ain't never without. The girl that brought my grub to me was a charming little thing named Mei Sung. She was right impressed to be serving a man of the cloth, which I was back in those days, and I converted the bejabbers out of her three or four times a day, which made my incarceration endurance vile a mite easier to take. As time crawled by, I got to know my fellow inmates. There was a Turkish dentist who had gassed a British officer to death in what he assured me was an accident, and would certainly have been construed as such by the courts if he hadn't appropriated the officer's wallet and wristwatch before reporting the poor fellow's untimely demise. There was a young Brazilian student who sweated up a storm and kept screaming things about anarchy and tyrants and such and keeping everyone awake. There were two Chinamen dressed all in black who kept glaring at me every time I finished converting Mei Sung. There was a Frenchman who kept saying he was glad he had killed the chef that anyone who ruined Soleil Almondine that badly deserved to die. And there was me, the Right Reverend Honorable Dr. Lucifer Jones, out of Moline, Illinois, by way of the Dark Continent, where I'd done my best to illuminate the dark, dreary lives of the godless black heathen, despite certain minor disagreements with the constabularies of fourteen countries, which culminated in my being asked to establish the Tabernacle of St. Luke on some other landmass. But I already wrote that story, and I ain't going to go into it again, since anyone who's read it knows that I'm a righteous and God-fearing man who was just misunderstood. On the fifth day of the thirty that I was to serve, they gave me a roommate, a well-dressed Australian with expensive-looking rings on all his fingers. His name was Rupert Cornwall, and he explained that he had come to Hong Kong because Australia was a pretty empty country, and he liked crowds. And what do you do for a living, Brother Rupert? I asked him by way of being polite. I'm an entrepreneur, he said. I put opportunists together with opportunities and take a little percentage for my trouble. I didn't know being an entrepreneur was a criminal offense in Hong Kong, I said. I was arrested by mistake, he answered. You too? Absolutely, he said. I expect to be out of here within the hour. And what about yourself? You look like a man of God with that turned-around collar of yours.'
You hit the nail right on the head, Brother Rupert. That's what I am, a man of God, here to bring comfort and spiritual uplifting to the heathen. What religion do you belong to? he asked. One me and the Lord worked out betwixt ourselves one Sunday afternoon back in Illinois, I said. Hell, the way I see it, as long as we're upright and holy and got a poor box, what's the difference? He broke out into a great big smile. I like you, Dr. Jones, he said. Where's your church located? Well, I ain't quite got around to building my tabernacle yet, Brother Rupert, but I'm taking donations for it if the spirits come upon you and you're so inclined. I don't have any money with me, he answered. But look me up after we're both at it here, and I might have some work for you. Work wasn't exactly what I had in mind, I said distastefully.